It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcast from. Sunday morning, yes, the 23rd day for October for 2022. It's another busy morning on the Real Estate Breakfast. Uh, Coming up, we're going to look back over the last week with some of the leading conversations that we've had with various guests, including Andrew Wheatley, who talks about why more Australians need to look at refinancing their mortgages. Yes, it's just incredible that people don't do this more often. Andrew's going to explain the gains are overwhelming to save tens of thousands of dollars, but so many people around the country don't. We also talked to Candy Italiano in Perth, who is selling luxury properties, and also speak to Michelle Tynan. Uh, she is the CEO at REIACT about the minimum standards regarding the Residential Tenancy Act for the ACT. So, if you are a landlord, we've got some information coming very shortly about that. And we also talked to Warwick Gardner in Port Phillip about a property that was sold hundreds of thousands of dollars over the reserve price and it's an example of a Melbourne auction that really delivered the goods for the vendor. In fact, the price was 650000 over the reserve price. Not a bad bonus. And we also stay in Melbourne. We talked to Fabian Sinelli about the current state of the Melbourne auction market. So that is all coming up next with the Sunday Rewind. It's your weekend real estate breakfast. As mentioned, today is October the 23rd. You might be celebrating your birthday. If you are, many happy returns. You are celebrating with Ang Lee, the film director. He's turning 67. You might or may not know who Weird Al Yankovic is. If you don't know who he is, check him out. He is very weird for a reason. He is turning 62 today. And Palais, the soccer player, I say soccer player, there's really no need to say Palais, the soccer player, because if you don't know who Palais is, doesn't matter. For those that do, he's turning 81 today. And I saw this rather interesting press release on this day, and it goes back to 2001. Apple presents the iPod, the ultra-portable MP3 music player. Do you remember this? It puts 1,000 songs in your pocket. That is what the press release said. It went on to say that Apple today introduced the iPod, a breakthrough MP3 music player that packs up to 1,000 CD quality songs onto an ultra-portable player. And Steve Jobs said that with an iPod, listening to music will never be the same again. He was right. And that happened on this day back in 2001. We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts and what's trending every morning from 630 
It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. Well, the rain is around in the weather forecast on our Sunday morning in Sydney. Good morning to you, expecting showers with 23 degrees as your forecast high. One or two showers in Melbourne today with 21. In Brisbane, expecting rain, possibly heavy falls. And in Perth today, also the theme of rain with showers and a high today of 22 degrees. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. It's one of the strangest things out there that Australians don't remortgage more often. There's a fundamental misunderstanding of of how banks operate and it's almost like we've been trained to behave in a certain way that's not in our best interest. It's probably easy to explain it like this. Banks give all their best deals to new clients. And I think everybody knows that. When you first go to a bank, that's when you're going to get the best deal. They're going to give you the lowest rate. And if you're refinancing, they'll usually throw in a few thousand dollars of cash as well. But there's a reason they do that. Mortgages are incredibly profitable for banks. And they know that they're going to make a lot of money off off you over time. You mentioned that the average loan stays around for seven years. So banks are happy to take a hit up front, knowing that people will not move or most people will not move. If you believe that, that banks are going to give that best deal to new clients, then it makes sense that you should want to be a new client. And not only should you want to be a new client, you should want to regularly become a new client. The reasons for refinancing more often are fairly clear. The reasons that people don't do it are a little bit more murky. And perhaps people need to think about it like this, Andrew, that it's like when you're courting somebody, a new relationship, everything's amped up. And then once you're in the relationship, things settle down. So perhaps we need to be looking for a new relationship with the mortgage. Absolutely. Look, that's why I say that Australians need to stop marrying banks and start dating them. It's a really good analogy because the relationship we have with banks is unlike any other relationship we'd normally have in any other part of our life. When we get in a relationship with someone, it's because we share the same goals. But when you get into a relationship with a bank, they have the exact opposite goal of you. You want as much of your money every month to go off your mortgage payment, and they want as much of your money every month to go in interest into their profits because that's their job. They've got shareholders. They need to make a profit. So with Australians sticking with their bank for seven years on average, and I think that there will be a lot of Aussies surprised by that number, what are some of the reasons that you see firsthand for people putting off refinancing? The first one is just the time it takes to compare banks. We're pretty conditioned to think that, well, if all the banks suck, what does it really matter? I'll just ring up my bank, see if they'll drop my rate a little bit, and I'll just take whatever they give me. And that usually works, except a few months later, they put the rate up and you're back exactly where you started. So being able to compare banks and figure out which one is the best for you takes time and it can be a real pain. Uh, One of the other ones is just moving banks. For most people, the thought of moving banks, setting up all your bank accounts again, it's like going to the dentist. You just don't want to do it. Easy solution to that is you don't need to move all your banking when you move banks. You're just picking up your mortgage, auction off to the highest bidder, move all your savings into the new, new offset account, leave your bank account where it is, let your pay go where it is, all your direct debits can stay where they are. Enjoy your morning coffee. 
It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. Good morning, Craig. Thanks for having me. Wonderful name that, Italiano. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do say it's easy to remember. It is for sure. How's things going for you there in Perth? It's definitely changed in the last six months, but by demand in the area where I sell in Cottesloe is still really strong, especially for homes that are all done, ready to move into. That's the big thing because people don't want to build or renovate in this market. It's too expensive. You're working in that luxury end of the market there in Perth. So what's sort of happening with people moving in? Are you still getting those investors coming in? I've mainly had, oh no, I've had a number of East Coast buyers who are here looking for homes. So quite a few of those have come through, but lots of local buyers as well. So there's still strong demand from our local buyers in the high end of the market. Um, With most of the high end homes I've sold, they're mainly to local buyers. I mean, we've got all the mining and, you know, our economy is sort of pumping. So there's lots of people with the dollars to kind of buy beautiful homes along the beach. But we still have the East Coast buyers coming back, for sure. Lots of positivity coming out of Perth right at the moment. The local economy there is going pretty well. Yeah. What I've noticed more than anything, a premium will be achieved on something special or something where people don't have to do do work to it. I think things that need work done or renovating, that price has been compromised in the last six months. Over COVID, they would have sold for a premium, but of late, they're a tougher gig to kind of sell. So we're heading towards Christmas, as I mentioned. So how do you think things are going to pan out for you at Mint Real Estate between now and the end of the year? Yeah, well, I've got some beautiful properties coming to market, you know, kind of up to 10 million. So lots of beautiful beachside properties. There's still a lot of movement in the market. I mean, most people who move to, say, somewhere like Cottesloe don't want to leave, but they might upgrade. And the oldies don't want to leave. They're like, Candy, you're going to take me out of the box. (laughs) I love it here. Where am I going to go? It's the Real Estate Podcast across Australia, seven days a week. With a price of 630 k being paid over the reserve. Yes, that's over the reserve. So let's bring in Warwick Gardner from Jealous Craig Port Phillip. And you had a couple of hundred people there. Now that's a serious crowd in any given market. It was a huge crowd, 200 people. We would usually have 50 people at a maximum. It was an incredible atmosphere. It was a sunny day, close to the beach. All the conditions were just perfect for the auction. Yeah, so what about the marketing side of this? Because you must have had a fair few going through this property. We did. We had over, I think it was about 160 attendees over the four-week period. And when you think attendees is one group, so often we were having 50 or 60 people through a half an hour inspection with multiple people with them. So there was generally 70, 80, 90, 100 people at the open each time. So 160 in total, but probably three or 400 through it over four weeks. Okay, so you struck, as you say, a really nice day. How did the bidding unfold once the auction got underway? Yeah, well, as always, even in a in a hot market, the first bid is usually the hardest to get. We started off with the preamble and called for an opening bid and surprise, surprise, no one wanted to kick it off. But eventually we did get uh, a gentleman put his hand up for 1.6 million. From that point onwards, we were taking $20,000 increments. Uh, we had another buyer come in and start competing with that first gentleman who kicked it off. And then quite quickly, we had 
four or five people bidding to, to compete with one another. At some stages of the bidding, I was actually having three or four parties with their hand in the air at the same time me trying to take their bid and that's incredibly rare in in this market where you have multiple people bidding the first bid's the hardest but then yeah it came very very quickly and was was almost difficult to keep up at times it's your real estate weekend podcast in review now you've got a few busy things that you're dealing with at the moment one of them is the minimum standards into the residential tenancy act Yes, the ACT government is embarking down the path of introducing minimum standards into our Residential Tenancies Act here in the ACT, and it's landed on minimum standards for ceiling insulation for all rental properties in the ACT, meeting a certain standard, which we believe is to be R5 BATS. We're still waiting to see what that's actually going to look like. They've got a proposed bill, which or a draft bill, which is, is out at the moment, and that will go before the Legislative Assembly, but that's just purely the mechanism to enable minimum standards to be introduced into the actual act. So we're just now waiting with bated breath to see how we, we have to be compliant in terms of the minimum standards and the insulation itself. And there's a lot of concern, I guess, within industry as the cost to that and, and how that will be implemented and over how long a time and what sort of assistance there'll be for landlords to actually financially be able to meet the requirements. And I guess from a landlord's point of view, what should they be thinking about uh, once that goes through? What we know so far is every pro- every rental property in the ACT will have to be certified that it meets the minimum standard for ceiling insulation. So again, we don't know what the compliance trigger for that will be, whether it'll be every home rental property or unit, whatever in the ACT will have to have a certificate and be inspected to say that it does meet the standard. And then those that don't will then have to obviously upgrade insulation or install insulation that meets the required standard. Up and down with the, the market, you know, one day you're reporting positivity, the next it's doom and gloom. I don't think we can keep up with all these yo-yo news articles about the market and we can't put a finger on exactly why it's happening and when it's going to stop. It's just such a buoyant market at the moment and there's so many fluctuations and changes and I think it's obviously got to do with what's happening with the RBA but given the fact that they haven't gone aggressive with the last rate rise at 25 basis points, I think now we're starting to see a surge in clearance rates and hopefully we're going to see that carry into the tail end of the year. And when I was talking to the agent involved with that 630,000 apartment sale that was over the reserve, it's a good example of just how the auction process works because if you had a private treaty on that, you would never have got the sort of money involved in that case. So I guess the question here is, are agents still having a little bit of a challenge of selling the auction method over the private sale? Well, firstly, I'm going to use that case study from now on for the rest of my career about that apartment selling so much above reserve and explain to my sellers and agents that you can't get that from a private sale and I would like them to challenge me otherwise. But uh, absolutely. And I think the reason why so many sellers are apprehensive about selling at auction is because they already they're mentally preparing for their auction not to sell. The nerves about the, uh, about the auction have kicked in before it's even hit the market. And I think that's a very dangerous and foolish way to look at it because the seller isn't giving themselves the chance of that premium result. And and going back to that apartment result, of course, I mean, that wouldn't have happened in a private sale, clearly. And that's a perfect example you've brought up. 
I had a chat with a, a very good friend of mine last week who's an elite agent, and we were dissecting this exact topic. Sellers, unfortunately, who hate auction, they've either had a bad experience at auction or measuring its success purely on a knockdown. That's not auction success. And some agents they may be speaking with, unfortunately, aren't selling the auction method correctly. They're more concerned about losing the listing than trying to pitch something to the vendors that they aren't on board with. Yeah, that's so true. And you're dealing with a lot of these agents in your business. And that in itself requires a lot of negotiations all year round. No doubt you are discussing with agents how to close more business. So what can an agent do to close a deal around an auction more effectively? Well, they need to explain to their vendors that the auction gives the seller three opportunities to sell before at and after the auction. A private sale, as you know, only gives you one chance. Now, I know for a fact, because I survey agents weekly, they fail to mention this exact point about the three versus one method of rule. The process of the auction gets the best outcome, not necessarily the knockdown. It can even force a buyer to make an auction-stopping offer prior. Should it pass in, the highest bidder is already highly emotional and is prepared then and there to buy it. Getting them up is easier than not. And with post-auction negotiations, Craig, creating urgency that it goes back to the underbidders can start a silent bidding frenzy. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.